Hey guys, it's Terry. Really, really quick before you hear, hey Hoff, why don't you start the movie? There is a warning for this episode. This episode looks back at times of tragedy and loss that some may find overwhelming. If you wish to avoid this content, listen for the and then jump ahead about 31 minutes. It's like 30, 54 and some change, but go ahead and estimate 31 minutes and then you can go ahead and skip that topic if you're not feeling down for it. If you're curious, I'll talk about it after the episode has been released, but after that, blah, 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 please enjoy the episode. Bye. Hey, Hoff. Why don't you start the movie? Hey, guys. It's Terry alone again for what is the eighth episode of Obscure Chatter. Uh, Before we get started, or like fully, I guess we are technically started at the beginning of the show, let's say that. I really want to thank everybody who's contributed, be it through donations, through Ko-Fi or coffee, whatever the hell you want to say, say it. Uh, But um, through donations in forms of cups of coffee that go to helping us rent uh, streaming content for future episodes. I really appreciate that. Your donations also have been going to buying any guest of the show a mug that I go through the trouble of thrifting and finding really kitsch, weird mugs for guests. So far, everyone's at least been really convincing about their love of the mug. Um, including me. I got myself a mug. And uh, so thank you again for that. But also just spreading the word and just listening to it. It's been a lot. It seems like the m- the bulk of people listening seem to get what I'm going for as far as getting rid of the temptation to judge the film that we're watching and judge why it's favored by someone on the show, be it me or uh, a guest. But today we are watching uh it's uh and it's just something that I happen to have on me. It's not really in my top five because Stephen and I were going through it and we found that uh most of our top fives or my top fives have been covered through various other guests. So I guess if we do other solo shows, I'm really going to have to branch the hell out. But this one was an easy pick. And being that we're recording this on New Year's Eve, you know, it's kind of fitting. It's not themed around New Year's Eve, but it's in that same vibe. Uh, This one is actually technically... Which I guess there aren't really a lot that aren't just, hey... Um, and let me see what else has been, uh, what's been going on since we last saw, quote unquote, saw a lot of holiday stuff, drama, non-drama. It all just kind of works out, um, in one way or another. Isn't that always the case though? You know, unless death, but I was really uh, touched that so many of you were able to send questions in. Uh, A lot of you are curious about some really weird stuff. Um, And so I wanted... That's one thing I miss about that anime show, is uh, we spent the first half of the show kind of just getting to know our guest or interrupting our guest so we could talk about ourselves. (laughs) Let's be real. (laughs) And then uh, we took questions from uh, listeners and... Who knows, maybe it will be incorporated more, but you guys sent a lot more through email, so I think a lot of you were embarrassed to ask these questions. Um, 
And uh, so I appreciate that. I'm pulling out my phone. I'm being very rude in the booth. But let's see. We have a couple repeat questions. And then we have... Yeah, uh, I'm saying I'm stealing this from that anime show, but I just, I started it on that anime show. So we've got some stuff that can be answered a lot quicker. And then we've got stuff um, beforehand, I think, that'll involve more uh, explanation and a longer answer form. So lightning doesn't technically mean quicker. It just means it has the option of being quicker. But it's me, so... So why don't we get started? Let's see, Stephen. Stephen, we got some good ones. All right. This first one is from Clarence. Um, Clarence sent in a couple because he's awesome. So was there any point in your life that you noticed a significant change growth about yourself mentally, mentally physically, etc.? That I noticed? <laughs> Um, sometimes you just don't get it until after the thought or, uh, until after the fact that you've grown as a person, uh, not necessarily physically. Uh, I am very weak. (laughs) Uh, I think I intimidate people with my height being that I'm 5'10 and I'm a pretty boxy lady with big boobs. So I could probably bounce you really well, but, um... I could probably kick your ass, but I don't really think physically there's been any change. Um, actually, physically, there hasn't really been uh, a significant change negative. I'd say it's all for the positive um, going forward. Uh, that's one thing, like total tangent, and that's kind of my shtick, is uh, learning that losing weight isn't necessarily always a good thing. That was something in high school. And I talk about it a lot whenever I talk to uh, teenagers, because uh, there's one thing, and what's up, Stidham's class, if you are listening, because uh, I do tend to talk to Carter Riverside High School a lot in Fort Worth. Um, and there's one thing that they brought up in their letters to me, which I do read, and I appreciate uh, the teacher, my former theater arts teacher, told me they think I don't read them, but I do because they're all saying thank you and really nice things about my green hair. So, of course, I read them. Um, but one thing that a student said was that they enjoyed that I don't talk to them like they're preschoolers. And I do recall that as a teenager as being talked down to. But I do remember there was a point when I talked about or when as a teenager, I wanted to lose some weight. And it really wasn't a matter of how do I do this the healthy way? It's how do I do this the quickest way possible and made a lot of mistakes along the way. Uh, I started smoking. Uh, I actually started smoking when I was a child, but I started smoking because I heard it was an appetite suppressant. I uh, calorie counted, which is such a dangerous thing if you don't really have someone telling you not to police yourself to the point where you're not enjoying food because food is love. And um, also, yeah, occasionally bulimia. So physically, I don't really pay attention to stuff anymore. I try to work out when I can, and I try to be as healthy as I can and make good food choices. But um, I'm just always trying to look at myself and be happy in the body that I'm in 
rather than focus on the body that I wish I were in. Uh, Numbers don't mean anything. And there's a way to be beautiful that has nothing to do with photos. I mean, it's that thing wherever you find someone that's very, very attractive and then they speak and you're like, oh, you have an ugly heart and that person's not attractive anymore. Yeah. So um, that had nothing to do with your question, but uh, potential significant change growth there. Being that this is New Year's Eve, 2019 has been. Stephen, how do I put this? Fuck ridiculous. It's a good way. Thank you, Stephen. Um, there has uh, just been a, a cacophony of cock-flavored lollipops of shit after shit. And I know that I'm not alone in, in comparison to a lot of other people's drama. Uh, mine seems so minuscule, but yeah, uh, I have found... That, you know, the online presence, and Natalie and I talked about this a lot in our last show, trolls, blah, blah, blah. It's the power that you give them, yes, but I think it would be silly not to admit that the words that you constantly get, if they're negative, that no matter how hard you try, um, some of that does get absorbed, uh, but it's good to displace that um, by just talking about it with people that you care about in your support system and also just trying to think about from an observational observational standpoint like what is this person that's telling me this stuff thinking about and that's not something that I typically did a lot as a young adult let alone a Uh, a young just person out on my own is it was very much like, no, fuck you, fuck you, you don't know my life, without really factoring in any other person's perspective. It was just about like a, you don't know what I've been through, rather than, I don't know what they've been through either. So I do try to look at other people's viewpoints a lot. I am still very heavily opinionated, but I think it's it's harder for me to be so absolute in a dislike for somebody now. And that's a lot of growth. Um, But also taking care of myself more, Uh, not pushing myself to the point of exhaustion, to the point of being sick. That was something that's something I still work on. But whenever it's something that you care about, you tend to think, (laughs) I care about this so much, perhaps this should kill me in the process. Um, Just to get it done. I don't care what it takes, uh, if it takes everything I have. And that's just not a healthy way to go about life. So yes, the big significant change growth has been uh, just self-care and trying to look at other people's perspectives. I think that's really helped out a lot. Thank you, Clarence. Clarence has another question, but I'll ask that later. Let's see. Joey. Oh, Joey. I adore thee. Show that you've worked on that you wished more people saw appreciated. I mean. Hmm. Steve and I could ask that question of you, but like we could be here all day too, right? Uh, There are shows I think it's hard now 
whenever you do like the, for, well, obviously I want to talk specifically about anime because that's my bread and butter, um, as I've said numerous times, but there are things that you just don't understand are going to be a big thing. And then there are things that everybody's hyped up around you that are like, oh man, this is going to be so big and it's fucking nothing. It's like the guy that's, you know, like really bumping up his skills in the bedroom and he lasts a minute and then you guys uh, definitely don't see each other after that. Um, I don't That's weird. Terry. But um, there are just shows that I was so convinced were going to be like, boom, blah, and they were nothing. But then there are shows that I just don't really think about that sneak up on, on me. And the biggest one that immediately comes to mind is Laughing Under the Clouds. Um, manga still isn't available in the States. Uh, and it only ran for 12 episodes. I played Chitaro Kumo in that. And uh, I was called in. And that's the thing about anime. Typically, we don't get told about the show that we're doing. We don't get told what voice the director had in mind for us. Anything. I, I mean, there was a show that I did just recently called Azure Lane. And... It was the first time in a while that the talent coordinator asked me about my accent work first because I play two people in that. But uh, I play one that has a British accent or an English accent, excuse me, and um, uh, asked me to make sure before I got booked that I could do the accent. Um, and uh, then later on, I got cast again. And I was able to do, uh, not do accent work, which was fantastic. But uh, aside from that, you don't really get warned about stuff. And so on top of not knowing what I was doing, uh, I didn't know that it was the first what we called then, and I think we call them now, simuldubs, but we called the first batch of uh, things from more than five years ago now, broadcast dubs, which is not like uh, shows like Space Dandy or Attack on Titan or Tokyo Ghoul, where you're do where you're releasing things in line with the Japanese release. It's released, you know, a couple of weeks after the initial premiere in Japan. Uh, but Laughing Out of the Clouds was the first one, and I think I get now more than I did then why they chose that. It was wasn't a heavily sought after property which baffles me because I think it's a beautiful show. Um, and so they, the stakes were minimal. And it's just, I think it also helped with a lot of learning. Um, we learned how to cast for broadcast dubs because I think there was a point where uh, <laughs> twins show up, but we don't know in the initial show that these two characters are twins. And I think if we'd known that, that casting possibly would have changed. Um, or maybe not, who knows. Uh, but Shutaro went through uh, a lot. And for me, one of the reasons that the show is so special is it kind of brought up some... Uh, brought some things to a close mentally where you hold on to a lot of anger and a lot of unresolved grief uh, after um, someone significant to you passes away. And for me, that was my dad. And uh, there is a scene in episode eight that uh, still thinking about it affects me. 
And luckily I was with a director that didn't push me too hard, but I pulled, not all actors do this, but I pulled from a real world experience, especially for Chutaro being so happy. I wasn't prepared going in because I hadn't watched the episode prior. I try not to. Um, And Chutaro wasn't happy. He wasn't sweet. He was trying to hold it all together and not break this illusion that this very important person to him is no longer with him. And when that facade breaks, uh, the emotion was very, very real. And I pulled it from having to deal with the aftermath of my dad passing, the initial death, as well as what came after, which a lot was fuck-diculously craptastic. And... Um, then on top of that, I just thought it was a beautiful show. Uh, it was one of the first leads for Chris Waycamp and Dave Trosco is always a good just person to hear. He's got a very identifiable voice, but like J. Michael Tatum wrote the scripts and I think it just didn't get the love that it deserved, but that's with a lot of shows. Uh, Interviews with Monster Girls also comes up. Sometimes when you love something, I don't know, it's kind of like when you're friends with someone and you want everyone to know why your friend's fucking awesome. (laughs) That's kind of the same thing with shows like that, uh, where you just don't understand why not everyone in the entire world thinks your friend's as awesome as you think they are. Uh, I hope that answered your question. Let's see. Uh, okay, this next one is from Jean, and Jean says, what's with this hate you get for something about imitators? Oh, Jean. Uh, I, uh, I did copy and paste all of these in, but I've, it's been a minute, so I forgot what a lot of these are. Um, and, uh, the imitator thing... Uh, I haven't done this in a while, but I used to dispense uh, industry advice a lot on Twitter, which since this past year has been uh, Fury Road online, Uh, but not as beautiful. Not nearly as beautiful, dear God. Uh, There was something last April, and I know because I've had to create and an information report with authorities since then. Uh, <laughs> I'm not joking. Um, last April, I posted something particular about voiceover. I forget what it was specifically, but that's the thing. Uh, it's like sarcasm. It doesn't always translate, be it text or whatever. Sometimes now I'll even put asterisks around stuff for emphasis and have to put like a faux deadpan voice. What? Really? Because I have to emphasize that I'm being sarcastic when most people worth a fuck get context uh, rather than just the cold text on the screen. Um, but one of the things that I, I had noted is... Uh, <sighs> I forget what it was. I noted that I don't really, as a director and someone casting, really like when someone starts off with, I can sound like this person. And that happens a lot whenever I go to conventions is, uh, just so you know, I can sound like blah, blah, blah. And the response that I typically have is, well, that's great, but we have blah, blah, blah. What can you do? And that's not to say people that can imitate a voice 
aren't also actors. It's people that lead with the fact that uh, they are amazing imitators. I don't want you to lead with that. As a performer, imitation is really good. And hell, I've pulled from other performances by people to... I mean, uh, again, I joke about this, like, my first boy voice ever was me making fun of Sean Teague, who is another fantastic actor, and uh, by doing that, another director, Ian Sinclair, was like, hey, that's a boy voice, and that's where that started. My boy voice career started with an imitation. That's not what I'm saying. Um, but a couple of people, namely one who shall remain named uh, <laughs> go ahead and that, Stephen, uh, was, um, I guess, didn't get what I was going for and took that to mean that people who imitate are insulting and often brings up uh, actors that are famous for their uh, imitations. But these people are not famous because they are imitators. They are famous because they are actors. So you can do imitations and be an actor, but don't be an actor and claim to be a great imitator. Does that make sense? Steven, does that make sense? Absolutely. That's a good husband answer. So yes, again, what I'm saying is, uh, well, and uh, another voiceover uh, colleague brought up, well, I mean, we do voice matches. I voice match friends of mine all the time. So obviously I have to do an imitation of their voice, but uh, I'm an actor. The person I'm imitating is an actor. I'm saying don't lead with the fact that you can sound like someone else. And also, when you can sound like someone else, typically if you're leading with that, what I hear is that you're focusing so much on sounding like someone that the read and reactions are going to suffer as a result. Um, it's not necessarily always the case, but uh, it's like what I used to say, uh, I haven't taught in a couple of years um, consistently, and I might not ever come back. But one of the things I used to tell my students was, don't tell me you can do a voice until you can laugh in that voice, cry in that voice, run in that voice, fight in that voice, and fuck in that voice. Then you can tell me you can do that voice. Um, and with that... Thank you, Jane, for that. Let's see. Sarah, when are you coming to the UK? Specifically the London area. I don't know. Um, as of right now, I have no plans to go. Um, Stephen has no plans to go, so I can't hop along with him. But uh, conventions, which are a lovely thing, if you are asking specifically about conventions, which... Uh, I'm guessing you are. Nothing's on the books just yet. Uh, I have really, really lightened up on trying to go to conventions. Um, and uh, you, if you know a convention that might be interested, they can reach out to me at terrydoty.com. Uh, and uh, we might be able to work something out. You never know. Uh, from Rosa... Why are you and Steven so perfect? Steven, why are we so perfect? Because we're awesome. And so is our modesty. 
That's very sweet. Um, good couples take uh, work. I'd actually argue that many things are harder as you get further along in a relationship because you get comfortable and comfort often breeds discomfort and uh, you stop talking and you start assuming. So you just have to remember to keep talking and keep, yeah, I mean, those lines of communication, that two-way street has to remain open and you have to be honest and that will go a long way. And that, I guess, goes into significant growth as well because, uh, Stephen's obviously the longest relationship I've ever had. We've been together over 13 years, and um, I'm a lot, <laughs> guys. I'm a lot. So if you're interested in dating me, uh, try another alternate universe and remember that that Earth's Terry is going to be a lot. <laughs> uh, let's see. Courtney. I'm assuming this isn't Courtney... I think it's... God, she's a friend. You'd think I'd know her last name. I'm assuming this isn't you, because you usually tell me when you've asked a question. Uh, does it bother you when someone refers to you as white? Uh, yes. I, it does. Um, that's the thing about a lot of friends that are whatever mixed means. Like, none of us are 100% anything. Um... When you show me you're 23 and me and it comes back 100%, then you can talk to me about being, you know, just Irish or just blah. But until then, just shut your mouth. Um, but uh, for me, I grew up in uh, with my mother's family mostly. And uh, my mother is Mexican. And so that was, oh, it's always been confusing uh, to be labeled as white because that's not been my upbringing um and my experience and all, but I also I have what most people refer to as a white last name and uh so anytime I'm around family members that don't look white they're very confused and they want all the answers and they typically don't deserve all the answers but I most of the time won't correct them um, there was an agent once that told me to stop saying I'm Mexican, uh, on my resume because it was, she felt it was misleading, but she's not my agent anymore for a variety of reasons. So, uh, but yeah, I'm also really, really, really pale. I'm sure that doesn't help, but, um, most of my Hispanic relatives are pale because, if you think Mexican people are only a specific skin tone, you need to widen your, you know, perspective. Uh, we kind of color, uh, cover the color palette. Color the cover palette is what I was going to say. Um, thank you, Courtney. Uh, that's always interesting to talk about. Like Anthony Bowling and I are both half Mexican and half white. And we like to joke that if we had a podcast, we'd call it one Mexican. Um, <laughs> uh, but we talk about growing up both too. And Anthony's obviously got, a, a quote unquote white last name. And, um, I like to refer to myself as undercover Mexican is I wait till you say something racist, which usually doesn't take long. And then I'm like, boom, you're racist. 
because apparently it only means something if someone that isn't white says that. Uh, <laughs> I don't understand what I'm saying. Do you, Stephen? Unfortunately. All the time. Oh, oh, Stephen, I like this one. This is from Brandon. My girlfriend is vegan, but she loves my mom's tamales. Will you tell her there's lard in them? <laughs> um, man, I really wish Steven was in the booth for this because that's a really good one. Uh, yeah, all the good tamales, uh, they can be vegetarian, but uh, lard keeps uh, things together. And, um, in a way that nothing else will. So, yeah, if you're vegan, uh, stop eating tamales. Or don't listen to this again. But sorry, Brandon's girlfriend, you've definitely broken your vegan oath. And, um, your vegan powers might be taken away. Uh, it's from Janie or Janie. I'm assuming Janie. And uh, it's been well documented during that anime show that Tatum is afraid of clowns. Are you? I don't know if you've ever mentioned it before. No. I actually love clowns. There was a point where I was at Hobby Lobby walking around and there was a lone clown, clown standing alone, um, in the greeting card section. And I just, I couldn't. I think I freaked the clown out, so, I mean, but I've also got green hair, so maybe they thought that I was a clown, and that clown was dealing with a, a clown phobia. Um, but, <laughs> uh, no, I'm not afraid of clowns. I'm not really, I've actually thought about this, because everyone's got a phobia. Stephen, do, am I scared of any, am I scared, um, am I scared of anything that I'm not immediately thinking of? No. Me. Oh, you might hear my belly. <laughs> Did you hear that? Damn. But uh, no, no clown phobia. Um, my fear is typically just you invading my personal space and not being my husband. Aside from that, I'm usually good. Before I get to other, before I get to smaller questions, let's see. Mm-mm-mm. Cut that, cut that, cut that. Uh, this is from Clarence again. Uh, what is a movie or show that you got a lot of hate, that got a lot of hate, but you really like? Well, I mean, that's simple. Us. I think I talked about it with Steve a little bit, but for some reason, as far as my circle of friends, as far as I know, I'm the only one, aside from my significant other, that liked the film. There are people that saw it that had a visceral distaste for it immediately and then uh, like my best friend sarah um she will never see it because she's got this huge thing about doppelgangers uh or like evil twin stuff she uh it's got to be handled a specific way like uh clones or something like orphan black uh, which we were both obsessed with but um yeah us i and again i think i've already gone on record i love to get out Um, I don't really consider Get Out or Us horror, but I see why many other people do. But for me, I consider it more suspense or mystery or thriller or whatever, which is different. Horror is, is, 
is the same thing as music. Uh, it's just really hard to pin down what's horror and what isn't. You know, what's pop now? What the hell is, you know, rock and roll, technically? Like, you don't know. Like, I was listening to country music the other day. I'm like, this sounds like a fucking pop song. Like, nothing is anything anymore. Labels are bullshit anyway. Um, so, Us. Uh, I really love, obviously, uh, the standout is Lupita Nyong'o. And if I butchered her name, I apologize. But, um... She's just in both roles, phenomenal. And uh, I just love the artistic choices. Um, and it stuck, it sticks with you. And maybe that's why a lot of people didn't like it, but it stuck to me in a way that I've, I will, I will be obsessed with till the end of time. And that's not just, uh, that, uh, recency bias. Uh, I do love it. I bought it the second it came out. I, I love it so much. Let's see. Burr, 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 boom. This is from Robbie. A few months ago, you mentioned that you had to go to the ER on Twitter. Not prying, but how are you feeling? Hmm. I'm better. Uh, that was a... Uh... All right. I've debated whether or not I would ever talk about this, and I guess we're going to talk about it as long as Steven's okay with it. And he's he's saying he's fine with it. Um, I happen to... Real talk. Um, uh, Anime St. Louis, one of the people that uh, I've done a few cons with, uh, invited me, and it ended up working out to where I was able to go. And uh, I was in Missouri. And I don't know, maybe I'll mute like the mentions, but I guess it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um, I was in Missouri, excuse me, I have to scratch my ear. And in the middle of the first day of the con, and I did feel really re- weird the uh, earlier in the day, but I just kind of blew it off. When I'm at a convention, I always feel kind of weird because maybe it's that partially like that imposter syndrome where you wonder, like, why are people, why would anyone want to meet me? <laughs> Don't they know that all these other amazing actors are here? Why are they in my line? Um, and it's always really, I think, humbling to meet people. But in the middle of uh, the opening ceremony, like, we're all backstage, and it's where people, you know, the MC or I forget who it was. He was really a really sweet guy. Uh, was pulling up, you know, the guests of the con and the guests of the con. They come up and they introduce themselves a little bit and maybe mention a couple of things that they've done, and then mention some of the programming they're doing that weekend and hope to see you. All right, bye. And when we were uh, all the actors and the cosplayers and everybody was backstage, I was lucky enough to have Steven at my side backstage, but I was like, I feel weird. And we kind of blew it off. Um, uh, Steven is just kind of like, it's probably nerves, you know, and he's usually right. (laughs) So I'm like, yeah, you're right. And it wasn't until like, right immediately following the, oh God, immediately following the opening ceremonies, we had a autograph thing and it was a general autograph thing and we all got to share tables and I got to share my table with uh this amazing actor that you might have heard of 
named Patrick Seitz. And we'd been able to do a couple of the same roles, like I was the younger version of him in One Piece and the female version of him in Italia. And at the time, I had recently learned that he had suggested me to Raleigh Pickens uh, to play the younger version of him in Dragon Ball. And so I got to be baby Jiren just because Patrick was like, eh, you know, it's kind of a thing now. Like, just go ahead and cast Terry. And I'm very grateful for that. But um, didn't really get to, I don't really get to see a lot of actors that I work alongside or get to, you know, partner up with. So it was really cool to see him because Patrick lives in L.A. and I live in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And so we're sitting next to each other. And I had this amazing handler named Sarah who I immediately started geeking out with about, like, shirts and stuff. and uh, But in the middle of it, I was like, I have to go to the restroom. And typically, whenever you're a guest, you kind of need someone to be with you. It's very, very rare, but occasionally there is funkiness that happens. Be with someone that's uh, the definition of a fanatic or just a little too much. And so having a handler there with you... It's just, one, a really nice person to just uh, kind of be at your side, and um, they know the convention because they're usually a staffer or volunteer that knows the convention better than you ever will. So they'll know where all the exits are in the case of a fire or whatever it is, and also where all the bathrooms are. So uh, I went to the restroom, and I found that <sighs> total TMI. By the way, if you are squeamish at all, stop listening now. Right now. Okay. I was bleeding. Uh, more than a fair amount. And my first thought, because I was so out of it by this point, was, thank God I'm wearing black pants. <laughs> and so my handler's talking to me through the stall doors, and I'm just kind of like, uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. And I wash my hands and kind of clean up as best as I can. Because uh, Stephen is holding my spot at the table and telling people that I'll be right back and all this stuff. Uh, so when I walk up to him very awkwardly, because again, I am bleeding, uh, I'm like, I'm bleeding pretty badly. I tend to blow off medical emergencies very, very easily. I don't know why. I've had some bad experiences with doctors. This was going to be the worst one ever. Um, and that's saying something because I have been hit by a car <laughs> and been treated very, very poorly. I'm partially deaf in my right ear because of medical negligence. And uh, for more on that, <laughs> that's a whole other show. But one thing that might be worthy of note was I was in the very early stages of a pregnancy. And, yeah, you know that when it's something light, that it's just kind of the way of things. But when things get heavy, you need to maybe mention something. It was just so incredibly awkward because in the early stages, you're not supposed to talk to anybody about it. And I was in a state. I was out of state from my insurance, uh, luckily with my husband. And as much as I know a lot of these people, these aren't 
people that I can be super, 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 super real with to the point where it's like, hey, by the way, can someone take me to the hospital? So I didn't think about it too much. Um, I did ask that I could. I didn't think about it too much. That's a total lie. It's thinking way too much, but so much that your mind is still kind of blank, even though you're thinking about at least 80 things. And so I asked to go back to my room. My handler followed me. The elevator at a convention, as we all know, if you've ever been to a con, is fucking hell. And I was so paranoid at this point that I ran up with my handler, poor thing that she is, seven flights of stairs. Uh, Then went to the restroom, uh, tried to calm down, and Stephen packed up all my stuff in the meantime. By the time he came in, I was like, be real with me. Should I go to the hospital? And uh, I was really blowing it off. I'm like, I'm probably paranoid. It's probably nothing. And it was definitely something because Stephen was real with me and we had to go. So I had to tell a few staffers that they had to drive me to the hospital. And the whole time, I'm like, I can't believe I have to inconvenience these people uh, and get them to drive me to the hospital because you can't just say, hey, excuse me, I have a tissue. Um, You can't just say, hey, can you take me to the hospital and not explain why. So I have to break the code of don't tell anyone in the first trimester. And uh, I went and... um waited an hour in the waiting room after explaining everything waited an hour because I was told that they were looking for a room specifically for like a woman in that scenario or whatever the hell it was and luckily I was able to bring my husband back with me um but Stephen I like I'm still thinking about it to this day when we finally got into room I saw nothing correct Nothing that hinted that it was for the purposes of taking care of a woman in my condition. Not at fucking all is what he said. Except I added the fucking. Um, And uh, I didn't even see a doctor. After waiting, they had me take off all my clothes uh, from below. No, they had me take off everything. Really funny side note. uh, They gave me this really awkward gown to put on and... I asked Stephen for help because I was so frazzled, and so was he because his nurse came in, and uh, Stephen was like, is this right? And this woman laughed so hard. She's like, oh, bless your heart. No. And she, like, unbuttoned everything and buttoned it the right way, and she's like, oh, bless your heart. Uh, If it wasn't for HIPAA, I would post about this, and for some reason that tickled me, and I'm like, you have no idea, but I kind of needed that, like, where Stephen and I were like, ha, 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 ha. Yeah, but... um. She was really funny about it, and then we were left alone again. Didn't even see, but what was it? A nurse practitioner is technically what it was. And um, they tried to see inside, but there was too much blood. Again, stop now if this is in any way triggering or anything about this. I've thought a lot about whether or not I would ever talk about this, but knowing how common this shit is and how hard it was to find information... I feel like it would be a disservice to not tell you guys about this at this point. Um, Yes, I am fine. But it took a bit to actually be able to fucking say that I'm fine. Um, The nurse practitioner... uh, 
just basically I was like, look, I'm bleeding. Can I like put on, you know, like at least my clothes and like a pad or something? Because uh, I had changed since the autograph thing. Um, and uh, she's like, no, you know, because we still have to examine you. So they were calling for someone to come in and do an ultrasound, which took at least another hour for a woman to come down with a cart and, you know, the wand and um, turned off all of the lights. And this table, again, I don't understand why I waited so long because there were other waiting rooms where this table was not made, you know, so you can move up your butt. I don't, I don't know what medical tables are, but uh, designed for that purpose. But it hurt like a motherfucker to have this wand put up there. And then I ha- I was made to lift my hips in awkward ways so she could move the wand in different ways. And that took, that was like another hour. That was like an hour of her poking me, um, being very nice, as nice as you could be in that scenario. Uh, and then... She uh, was like, okay, well, the, I'm sending those to the doctor now. And another hour later, an- another hour plus, it was, uh, we don't see anything in there. But I would follow up with your doctor <laughs> to get confirmation. And my husband, I love him so much. Uh, this woman... She was being as chill as she could, the nurse practitioner. But she's like, is there anything I can do? And Stephen was like, you can get out. <laughs> kind of like, we're going to need a minute. And we got a few minutes before this nurse that with her popping her gum came in with a folder uh, about pregnancy loss and said that, you know, like wanted to talk about groups that met in the area I'm like bitch like literally read the fucking room like a little too soon and also like I'm like I don't live here uh and you know blah 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 told me to follow up with my doctor and she was so fucking rude she's like so do you want this folder or not I'm like or not take the folder and she left it on the counter (sighs) um and yeah, we, uh, it felt like it was, it was altogether, what, seven hours? Seven hours, like close to one in the morning when we left. And, uh, Mandy, I believe was her name, or Amanda? Mandy, um, was nice enough to take me to Walmart to <laughs> get stuff and, like, there was no, like, hey, here's what you should do now. And the question of, like, well, do I finish out the con- the convention? This is the day one of the fucking convention. What do I do? Uh, <laughs> it, like, what the fuck do I do now? Um, I couldn't perceive leaving because I have this weird thing about contracts. I'm like, I agreed to be here. Uh, and I'd already missed out on some programming, uh, texting friends like, hey, I'm not going to be here. And I also told like staffers, uh, like, can you please let so-and-so know that I won't be there? And 
Um, got back to the room. Stephen and I just held each other. And uh, then I, then we both just fell asleep, I think, very shortly after that. And then I got up, took a shower, iced down uh, my eyes with cool rags and uh, witch hazel, and then put on my my makeup, which was a great mask, because it'll take a lot for me to ruin my makeup, um, put on my mask, and then finished out the convention. Uh, anytime Stephen and I were alone, we talked about it, and were very real about stuff, and at the end of the day, we would just go hide in our rooms, and um, the morning of my flight back, Stephen called and they were, uh, my new OBGYN was able to see us about an hour after we landed and confirmed that we had lost, uh, what we were, what we were calling BB. And it was nice to be able to actually let loose and not worry about you know, an appearance in a couple of hours. <sighs> Guys, that fucking sucked. <laughs> Excuse me. It... It was pretty bad. Excuse me. It wasn't just something... And I've learned... So way too fucking much since then. I've joined, you know, uh, support groups or tried to. In Texas, it's really hard to find a support group that isn't really heavily going to shove religion in your face. Uh, So a lot of it's been online. But what really fucking sucks is how common it is, but how little it is talked about. And how little information there was to find online about what the fuck to do now. Uh, all they kept talking about, and I understand this, was how it ha- it's so common. You're not going to, I mean, the good news is you were able to get pregnant. <laughs> Look at that as a good, there was one practi- uh, nurse that kept referring to <laughs> BB as it, like a rainbow baby in the sky, like watching over us. And Stephen and I are like, okay, bitch, calm down. <laughs> um, but, uh, and then of course, yeah, you just, you don't really know how to go about talking about it. It took a while to warm up to telling my best friend about this just because you feel like a failure until you realize how common it is, and then you're just mad that not enough more people are talking about this. Um, and since then, because this was uh, in the spring, since then, uh, it took two months for the uh, pregnancy hormones to leave my system. Two months, which is about standard. I had to get blood tests done every week. Um, and then you, yeah, you go through all these things to see if, you know, 
it's okay to start trying again because that's one thing that felt really weird is they were already pushing like a when like when this is over you can go ahead and start trying again I'm like can you give me a second because I know I know that I can but on top of that this is a heavy heavy trauma that was made even worse by the way that I was treated while I was at the hospital um I just felt it, it was obviously at a hospital. It's got to be a little more logic than emotion. It does, but it was just a horrendous experience that I honestly, at this rate, it's been, oh my God, over seven months. I don't know if I have it in me to try again. And then you've got all these other friends that think that And I know in their heart of hearts, they think they're being supportive by talking about like, well, you know, my sister had four miscarriages and now she's got triplets. I'm like, well, that's great. You're, maybe your sister's stronger than me. Um, yeah. Um, as of right now, I'm not going to rush into trying again because I just don't know if I have it in me to go through that again. It was horrible. I was lucky enough to be really light on work at the time, and I did say no to a couple of projects. Um, I said no to other conventions. Um, but the good things that came out of this is that um, Stephen and I are just that much stronger uh, pulling from, I don't know fucking where, but that can destroy certain couples. And, uh, I completely understand why, but he literally, it's such a cliche, but he's my fucking rock. And yeah, what really sucked. And that's, I think what got, excuse me, I forgot your name. Was it Robbie? Robbie that answered that? <laughs> Uh, yeah, Robbie asked, um, was, uh, I think the reason that you asked about this is because I tweeted about it about three months later when I got the hospital bill because it was in out of state thing. And the closest hospital is typically where an ambulance will send you the closest hospital, uh, happened to be a private hospital that did not take our insurance. So they tried to charge us 4,000 plus. Oh, after negotiations. 14, excuse me, because Stephen's the one that yelled a lot at these people. $14,000 for everything. And uh, we <laughs> negotiated it down to three, or to three? They tried to four, excuse me. I'm so all over the place. But we had to actually talk to our insurance person, like, hey, how do, like... How do we talk to these people? Because our insurance couldn't cover that because it was out of state. And, um, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, completely forgot about all this shit. But um, it's just bananas. And I believe we had to talk to someone specifically at the hospital. And Stephen talked to them because Stephen's just much more calm in that situation. But it's, uh, well... I forget what brought this on, but this woman had the audacity to say that we were lucky to get the treatment that we did and that we should be grateful to pay the amount that they were asking for. 
And uh, that's just one of the many reasons I'm not sure. <sighs> um, to those that can that have gone through something similar and have moved on, fucking hell. Treat yourself. Do something beautiful for yourself because, god damn, fuck. I get it in a way that I wish I didn't. And, god damn, you're strong. Ugh, fucking hell. So, now, seven months later, uh, lots of personal growth. Again, linking to Clarence's thing. Uh, lots of personal significant growth and self-care is a motherfucker. There was a heavy, heavy depression that I'm only just now crawling out of, but I've got a great partner and great friends around me, so things could be worse. Things could be fucking better, but as of right now, yeah, uh, I'm doing pretty good. And thank you for asking and for caring. Fucking hell, where do you go after <sighs> Someone tell a dick joke quick. Um, <laughs> my, my husband just said dicks a lot. Uh, but you guys, um, this, this isn't one of the, you know, like uh, on the on the verge of, you know, uh, come back and all this stuff. I don't know what the future holds. Uh, I know that if it ends up just being me and my dude, that that's still a pretty fucking awesome life. Uh, cause we're fucking rad according to Stephen. Uh, and yeah, I will say that I, um, I wasn't sure if I would talk about it. I remember copying and pasting that question in and going, I don't know about that, Robbie. Or just being like, oh, I'm fine. Moving on. Um, but a lot. Uh, what really was interesting, total side story, and my apologies, but you're listening to a solo show, so what the fuck do you want from me? Uh, but... When I first was trying, I constantly took tests because I'm one of those like freaky people that's like, uh, I was able to know within the first, uh, within a week after, uh, you know, the canoodle that started this whole thing that I was pregnant. I knew it. And there was a faint line immediately. And then, you know, I took one of those early detection things and then went to my doctor and the nurse was, uh, like, had me pee on a stick or whatever, and was immediately like, so why are you here today? And I'm like, because I had a test, uh, and it was positive, so that's why I'm here, even though it was stupid early. And, uh, she very coldly, this woman reminds me a lot of my grandmother, so this was both, this was, like, a double-edged sword for this woman, because I already was afraid that she was going to, like, threaten me with a chancla, uh, was that... <laughs> She, uh, immediately saying like, well, I had a pregnancy test and it was positive. She was like, really? It was negative. The one that I just gave you was negative. And I'm like, I really wish she hadn't just been so ha about it. And, uh, then my doctor came in and I burst into tears and there's this, <laughs> she's a great doctor. Uh, and also like a third of my size. 
a very tiny, dainty Indian woman is like consoling me. I could have crushed her at any moment, I swear to God. And she's like, no, 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 no. And um, she had me do a blood test. And then the blood test, for fuck's sake, the blood test, they apparently didn't take enough blood. It was the first time a doctor personally called me. It's like, can you come back tomorrow for more blood? And then she personally called me and told me I was pregnant. And so when I went back, because every six months I've got to get my blood checked to check on an autoimmune disease that I have uh, that didn't affect the pregnancy at all. Uh, so blah, blah, blah. And also really quick, please don't talk to me about options and how blah, 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 blah. I'm just telling you to tell you, you don't have to say anything. Just listen. Listen to your friends when they're in pain. And I consider anyone listening to the show a friend, so... I'm just asking to be heard, not talked at. And that's what most of us want when we go through a trauma. It's just to feel like we're not alone. So there we are. Um, but <laughs> when I went back, it happened to be that same nurse again. And it was my first time going to the doctor since all of this happened. <laughs> like aside from getting blood tests done or whatever uh, with my OBGYN. But my normal doctor, it was this nurse again. And... Uh, she noticed that I was shaking and brought it up, brought up that, uh, or, and then I brought up like, well, um, and started crying. I'm like, hey, I know you don't remember me because you see, God, I can't imagine how many people like a nurse sees in a fucking day. Jesus. Um, but I brought up, I'm like, I'm going through this. She very gingerly asked me how far along I was and I told her and then she started crying. This woman started crying. This woman that I kind of had this, like, hatred for started crying uh, about uh, her daughter uh, who had been eight months pregnant and uh, miscarried. And she's like, and I want to tell you that no matter what anyone says, no matter how early it was, my daughter's loss and your loss are the same. It hurts. Uh, she's like, it's been, like, ten years. It it still keeps me up at night sometimes. So, you know, don't let anyone kind of gloss over your grief and all this stuff. And she was just was like, Jesus Christ. And this is why I don't deal in absolutes anymore. It's because, God damn it, people are fucking complicated. And she was so sweet to me. Um, which I'm like, God damn it, I wanted to hate you forever. <laughs> And then my doctor wasn't there, so it was a nurse practitioner that saw me, and apparently she had talked to the nurse, and she's like, I just want you to know that I, when I first moved to this country, she's from Trinidad, uh, when I first moved to this country, I had a miscarriage, and I didn't know anyone other than people in my church. I was completely alone. So really lean on your support system and do all of this. And she gave me, obviously, the name of her church's support group, which I'm like, I still res I still appreciate it, but no, thank you. Um, for me, again, if I were someone of the faith, dear Lord, that would be amazing. No pun intended on that, dear Lord, or whatever. But um, yeah, I'll say, so what bothered me after that was how Anyone I ran into had a story, uh, whether uh, various levels of personal, but again, it's so hard to find information uh, online and be able to sort through it. It was 
horrendous. And I really uh, hope that going forward, we can change a lot of that. Um, And maybe just starting the dialogue from a real place uh, can go a long way. Uh, And I need water. And a drink after that. Happy New Year. (laughs) All right. So that was the last of the big questions. Um, Let's see. Let's go for some lighter stuff. And I'm sorry if that was uncomfortable for you guys. But I think we've talked about over the years, be it through that anime show or through social media posts, we've talked about some heavy shit. We've talked about racism. We've talked about just social injustices in general um, and the horror that's been happening to so many brothers and sisters all over the world and people just dying for no reason, people in pain for no reason, that you need to see the light moments, obviously, but I think not glossing over shit is equally important. So um, I, I hope that wasn't too uncomfortable for any of you. And if it was, maybe question why that is. And uh, I'm always willing to talk as long as it comes from a place of real honesty and real um intention good intention okay so lightning lightning steven how are we doing on time we're golden okay (sighs) all right lightning meaning these are very very quick and these are some that we've just like snatched from the interwebs and all that so mm -mm -mm -mm. i love you guys steven i keep getting texts or like tweet alerts from you (laughs) Because I have a I have a bell on you. So anytime you're tweeting, I'm like, damn it, Stephen, I'm trying to read. All right. <laughs> All right. Lightning. If you had the world's attention for 30 seconds, what would you say? Um a condensed version of what I just said. How's that? Uh that whole big shebang, which I'm pretty sure took up a, a good chunk of time. What is in your fridge right now? Sparkling wine that we know isn't champagne. Um, Bread. Which (gasps) is a big controversial thing. Do you put bread in the fridge? If it's processed like through a company, I put it in the fridge. If it's fresh bread, I put it in a bread bin. Um, Almond milk. Bacon. Turkey bacon. Kimchi which I eat too much of, uh, pickles. Those are the first things that come to mind, eggs and strawberries. All right, uh, where do you not mind waiting? Where do you not mind waiting? Where do we find these? Where do I not mind waiting? The lobby at Funimation, because I can talk to Sally for eight plus hours. Sally sits at the front desk and she does like 80 gajillion jobs. Um, But she'll always find time to talk to me about anything and everything. And so there you go. Uh, 
If you could be a member of any TV sitcom family, which would it be? <laughs> TV sitcom. Like, are sitcoms the thing anymore? Um, TV sitcom family. What would it be? I don't know. Let me see. When I think of sitcoms, I think the first one to come to mind is Living Single, which I loved. But um, I would be distracting in that show because... Or no, I would be so boring on that show compared to everybody else. Also, it's can't, it, it's no longer a thing. But um, do I get points for immediately thinking of Living Single and not Friends? You know, the white Living Single? No? Okay. Moving on. Uh, is there an app that you hate but you use anyways? Twitter. Uh, if you could only speak one word today, what would you say? Fuck! Uh, what are you freakishly bad at? Freakishly bad at? I'm pretty bad at, like, very simple things. What am I freakishly bad at? I'm asking my husband like he's going to answer me, honestly. <laughs> uh, freakishly bad at... Uh, uh, pass. Um, what's something you've tried that you'll never try ever again? Probably anal. <laughs> oh, there you go. Um, what are the qualities you really enjoy in a friend? Loyalty. Uh, I moved around a lot as a kid, and so um, I take people at their words. So whenever I would move and try to do pen pals, uh, if we did write back, it was very, very, I don't know. And so when I moved to the same place, I was always assuming that the second I stayed in place that my friends wouldn't change. And that's not how life works. Um, and I can be a really shitty friend at times, too. But uh, what qualities do you really enjoy in a friend? Maybe not loyalty. Honesty. Loyalty. Honesty. The truth. We don't have to be friends forever, but I'd rather know where I stand with you. Uh, in what situation or place would you feel the most out of place in? Hmm. someone else's graduation party. <laughs> that was always awkward. Um, if you could change one thing about your upbringing, what would it be? Well, I only have to, I can only choose one. Um, if I could change one thing, I wish I'd been easier on my dad as a kid. I let a lot of other people's influences influenced the way I viewed him. And by the time I saw him for who he really was, I didn't really have all that much time left with him. So I wish, yeah, that. Uh, when things break, do you prefer to fix them or replace them? Fix. It will take me everything I have to replace something if I think I can fix something. <laughs> uh, what is your favorite type of workout? I'm obsessed with power yoga, and I think that surprises a lot of people, but uh, I'm not an asshole yogi about it. I guess technically I am, though, but um, I could do yoga 
and try to do yoga every day of my entire life, and I will until the day I die. And uh, I don't give a fuck about Bikram yoga, and I didn't well before we realized fully what a weird man that person is. Um, but uh, yeah, there's a different yoga for every feeling, and I want to say, again, talking about that horrendous spring that I had this year, um, <laughs> yoga helped. The first time I did yoga, after I was ready to start really listening to my body again, uh, I cried. It was so cathartic. I, yeah. Um, that's just me being stuffy. I'm not crying anymore. Uh, describe your life using one word. Describe your life using only one word. Can you do that, Stephen? Stephen said, fuck. Describe your life using only one word. Jokingly, I want to say a word that I love that no one says enough, which is apotheosis. Seriously? Complex. All right. What's your preferred mode of transportation? Walking. If I could walk everywhere, I would, but I live in Texas. I waited till I was almost 18 years old to get my driver's license. I hate driving for a variety of reasons, not the least of which is that I've been hit by a car (laughs) while walking. Oh, wait, while walking. Maybe walking is killing me. I don't know. Who from your past do you really wish you'd stayed in contact with? That kind of goes back into the friends thing, doesn't it? But I recently, Stephen just reconnected with like a bunch of his friends from high school. And it was like the one night in the 13 years we've known, or I've known you for 14, 14 years that he didn't text me every couple of minutes. And so I'm like, are you alive? And he's like, yeah, really short answers. Like, I don't, I can't really describe what that means Uh, except that that meant that he was having a good time. And uh, I've met some of his friends since then. And I'm like, fuck, I want that. That looks awesome. And so there are friends uh, that are, you know, friends that I've had since I've moved here to the DFW um, that I know that at the drop of the hat that I would be there for for them if they needed me and that uh, vice versa. But then there are people that, drop out of your life because you are different than and you thought you were about this and now that you're all grown up you're like oh god i was a dick i could give that person another shot but sometimes the damage is just done so there are a few of those that i know that if i hadn't been such a fucking fucking asshole that maybe that i'd still be friends with that person Um, but I am trying to hang out with, uh, my friend Casey from high school. He was one of my best friends in high school and we just like, he graduated a year before me. Um, and, uh, it was never like a, will they, won't they? Uh, a lot of people seem to think that, but (laughs) like he's like, he and I would just look at each other and be like, why do people think we're hooking up? Like, I don't understand what vibe we're giving off in cases like me either. Like, we would just laugh about it constantly. And we played with people all the time. 
there was a point where we walked around Babies R Us and I stuffed like underneath my shirt and pretended that he had ruined my life. And he's like, babe. And it's like, no, leave me alone. You've done enough. And we just kept doing shit like that all the time. And I, I really missed that weirdo a lot. So hopefully that will change. And if it doesn't, damn it, that'll suck. Let's see. Who gives you the courage to try new things? Steven. My Steven. He, um, we talk about that. We were talking about that because I just recently read this book, uh, What Alice Forgot. And, uh, you know, premise is that this woman wakes up and she's 39, but she doesn't uh, remember the past 10 years of her life. So as far as she knows, she's pregnant with her first child and she's 29 years old. Uh, but... Uh, so she wakes up realizing, uh, you know, that she has three kids now. She's about to get divorced um, from someone in her mind that she is still the love of her life because she has not remembered the past 10 years and that her sister and her are on the outs and uh, that all these people like, and I don't know that she's kind of completely changed. So Stephen and I were talking, I'm like, if you woke up like, tomorrow uh well this alice did have a hand injury in the book but for whatever reason if you just transported mentally alone back 10 years and you woke up to yourself now would you be shocked at the things that you've done and steven and i like talked about the different ways blah 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 um it's just you can't change the past and that's kind of the whole thing about the book when alice finally remembers she's still pretty much who she uh who she is at 39 uh, but she can think from a less pessimistic view that her 29 year old self had so she (laughs) occasionally refers to like young alice can think like this but mostly this alice um so i like to think that a lot of the stuff that's happened to me um all positive wouldn't have happened if I didn't have Steven with me. I had given up acting by the time Steven and I were together. Um, like, aside from, like, little things here and there, I'd given up on it being a career. Uh, I didn't know what I was going to be. Uh, and now I'm fully back in it as, uh, in the entertainment industry as a writer and director. And I've, I, I learned how to engineer my own session I was directing this year. That was because of Steven. And because I've grown as a person, he didn't get yelled at half as much as he usually would have. (laughs) Um, But no, Steven pushes me. And also, I think I push him. But we also, I think, are little Jiminy Cricket with each other where I can ask him like, hey, you're really tired can you please stop working? And he'll be like, oh, no, no, no. Like, I've just got this one last little chunk to do. And I'm like, uh, like a shred away from turning off the computer. And he'll listen, and I'll listen most of the time. Uh, but Steven, he gives me my courage, and he's a weirdo. Let's see, hero or villain for a day? I've talked about... Okay, that was the last of the lightning. Hero or villain for a day? (sighs) Villains have better outfits. 
right? And they have better backstories. What's really shitty are... I can never identify with, like, a hero hero. Like, I don't get this, you know, good, greater good for the greater good's sake. But I guess you can also describe villains in that way. Um, what is that thing? Like, villains don't see themselves as the villain in the story. It's their own story. We're all the hero in our own story. So that's just to tell you villain, probably. <laughs> oh, man. I... Oh, okay, so... Hope you enjoyed that. Thank you for sending questions. I might be inclined to ask fan-submitted questions in future episodes with guests uh, if there is call for it. So if that's something you want, um, either at Obscure Chatter or at T-Dotally, T-E-E-D-O-T-A-L-L-Y, on Twitter... And let me know that you listen to the episode and that you wouldn't mind uh, having your voice heard through me um, asking future guests questions. And you never know. Might happen. Uh, and this year, we were talking about that. Stephen and I were at our favorite Thai place earlier. And we've been going to this Thai place for over a decade and there's this guy that we always talk to. And what really sucks is I think today is the first day we realized that we've been talking to the owner. <laughs> well, we were talking about gear and stuff. And uh, he's just kind of like, what have you guys got going on tonight? It's New Year's Eve again. As we're recording this and we're like, nothing. We are going to drink, eat some really good food that's, you know, full of positive energy and love. And do nothing. And he's like, that sounds awesome. He's like, I think I'm going to do the same thing. And I think all of us, regardless of where you're coming from, uh, most of the people that I want to talk to aren't monsters and the people that listen to this aren't monsters. So I think we can all agree this year, there have been some rough ones these past three, guess why, years. There have been some rough times. This one was especially shit. For uh, numerous other reasons, but obviously the big one for us was what happened in the spring, which we call May. And, um, you know... It was a, a re, one of those relationship staple kind of circumstances. Uh, each relationship, be it friendship um, or a familial bond or something, all of us have these little moments that end up defining our relationship. This was one of them. Um, and being able, even at our happiest moments, to kind of be like, I'm sad. And have the other person go, I get it. It's just a lot. It means, like, everything. But it felt like a little bit after this happened that mm, shittier stuff happened, but it just felt 
less shitty in comparison because it was less personal. But then I would see people directly affected by other stuff. And it's the, hey, some shit smells worse than other shit. And I can't pretend that I'm the only one that went through something this year. Uh, or that we're the only ones that went through something this year. Uh, no one, I feel like no one has gotten off light this year. Uh, so in a way, it's kind of nice that we're able to all, again, this person that we've known for over 10 years, um, uh, you know, the the owner of our favorite Thai restaurant is able to be like, what are you guys doing? Like nothing. Like this year has been shit. And for him to be like, Ugh, yeah. And I know without a doubt that something shitty happened to him. Um, no one gets off uh, the hook at all any year, but this one, there's just a negative energy. When you walk into a place, you're like, ah, fuck, what happened now? There's always something, and it's looking for the the little bits of light that are really highlighted by the darkness surrounding it, and not focusing just specifically on the light, but almost how the darkness just makes it just a little bit brighter. And the bright things are that personal growth. It's a bitch, but I've got my dude and I've got, I'm so grateful to the opportunities I've had this year, both professionally and personally, that pushed me in a way I wasn't expecting. And going forward, I hope that I continue to push myself and get pushed all in positive ways, but the negative is always going to have its place there, whether I want it to or not. And that I have my guy for as many years as possible, even though he's definitely on his phone right now. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, this next year of Obscure Chatter... Um, we're going to try to minimize the beeps as much as we can. There are some people that have taken the beep thing as a, a challenge to say things that they know we're going to beep uh, without abandon uh, or with abandon. I don't remember which is appropriate. It's uh, um, the booth madness has set in. But I also am really looking forward to the people that we have coming up. Um, and getting to know them better, because that's been a really big surprise, is seeing what other people pick as far as their movies. They're always a surprise, even when I'm like, that's a Yurko list, that's a Natalie list, that's a Hoff list. The reason they love this stuff is never anything that you can guess. You have to talk to them about it, but also just the way it incentivizes them talking about different things. And for other people, it's a, what the premise is that you're going to talk over a movie. Like right now I'm hearing, you know, wrap up this movie and <laughs> only I can hear that. Um, as the music swells and things happen, 
almost credits, but I I hope that you know you continue to listen. And if this is your first episode listening to me, uh, it was a rough one. I apologize if it was perhaps too rough for you, but I can't apologize for feeling comfortable enough to talk to you guys about this stuff and tell you that (sighs) I'm human and shit happens and not all of it's great. Uh, I really appreciate those that continue to listen and continue to contribute, uh, even if it is just sharing a link or saying, (laughs) you know, or leaving a a review. Um, I appreciate it. And please continue to listen and continue to support uh, the industry and keeping it legal. Remember, piracy sucks. Unless it's One Piece. So with that being said, I really am optimistic about this year, Um, even though I know negativity is coming. Remember, it's those bright lights and how the darkness just makes them look all the brighter. Thank you guys so much. And tune in next time when my guest will be someone. Bye. (laughs) 